0: Am Yisrael, lo Hashem Am lo Hashem Welcome to the characters you do not know. My name is Rabbi Ari Newman of Torah Met in Columbus, Ohio, and I'll be your host. This episode's intro music is a song from Shweki, Am Yisrael, lo The central theme of the song is that we should not fear because God is with us a theme we will touch upon today. In this episode, we'll discuss the character Og, the King of Bashan. I'm sure many of you are relatively familiar with the story of Og Melacha but ask yourself this question, when does Og actually appear in the text of the Bible? Believe it or not, he is really only in the text of the Bible in one relatively minor story, which ends with his death, though this one story appears in different ways four times. See Parshat Chukat, Numbers 21 33, where God promises Moshe that he and the Jews will defeat Og and the Amorite army. This victory is referenced in Parshat Matos, Numbers 32, when Moshe negotiates with the two and a half tribes who plan to make the eastern side of the Jordan their home. Then again, at the start of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 1, verse 4, we are reminded of this victory. And lastly, and most extensively, We are retold this story from Moshe's vantage point two chapters later in Deuteronomy chapter 3. However, I believe the reason many of us know much about Og is because the Midrashic lore surrounding Og is quite robust. In this episode, we are going to unpack how the Midrashic imagination and tradition fills in the portrait of Og based on some important textual parallels and ambiguities. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. It is that time of year again. Our main event fundraiser is just around the corner. We will have great food, three comedians, and a message from the president of Yeshiva University. This year's theme is the marvelous return back to the Catskills. Please sign up and support Torata Met. Every dollar helps. You can find the flyer on my Facebook or on the Torah Amet website at toratamet.org. Let's start with an outline of how Chazal expand the story of Og, and then we will try to understand why they do it. The first Midrashic jump connects Og with Avraham, though we will see that there are two competing narratives of how they are connected. From Avraham, Chazal actually sent him back even further in time to the days of Noah. Though we have a number of interesting textual parallels to connect Og back to Avraham, why Chazal send Og back to Noah is still a mystery. Feel free to share any insights you have with me. The Talmud in Nida sixty one a asks a simple question from the simple reading of the Bible. In both Numbers chapter twenty one verse thirty four and Deuteronomy chapter three verse two, God tells Moshe not to fear Og, lo or in this case Altira. We know of no other adversary, including Sichon, Balak, Bilam, Amalek, etc., where God tells Moshe not to fear. Even with Paro, there is no indication that Moshe feared Paro, only whether he could communicate effectively to free the Jews. So Chazal asks a fair question. Why was Moshe afraid of Og? A few Midrashim suggest that it was Og's menacing physical attributes that caused Moshe to fear. However, most of Chazal don't even countenance that Moshe's fear had anything to do with the physical prowess of Og. This certainly makes sense for the man who faced Paro and the Egyptian hordes without any fear. Without a simple textual answer, Chazal have to get creative. But before we look at Chazal's answer, I want to highlight an important textual connection between Moshe and Og, and the Avos, the forefathers. When you look at the entire Torah, Moshe is told, al do not fear, three times. The two we mentioned above explicitly related to Og, and a third time about the Jewish people inheriting Israel and defeating the Amorites, see Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 21. While Og isn't mentioned by name, this is a clear reference to the battle with Og. What is fascinating is that these three times that God uses Altira, don't fear, with Moshe, parallel the three times that God says the same phrase, once for each of the Avot. Once to Avram, once to Yitzhak, and once to Yaakov. Let's go through each one. The first is in Lechacha, Bereshit chapter 15, verse 1, in the aftermath of saving Lot from the three kings, God appears to Avraham and tells him not to worry. Avram is worried that he doesn't have an heir, a direct heir. He only has Eliezer. Immediately after this, God promises Avram that he will have an heir and they will in fact inherit the land of Israel after the future bondage in Egypt. This promise is known as the covenant between the parts. The second Altira to Yitzchak, is in Parshat Toldot, Bereshit chapter 26, verse 24. This time, God reassures Yitzchak that his progeny would be many. This promise comes after a bitter legal battle over the ownership of wells around the city of Gerar, which forces Yitzchak to relocate. The final al is to Yaakov in Parshat Vayigash, Bereshit 46.3. After learning that Yosef is alive, Yaakov packs up to go down to Egypt, but he is worried about leaving Israel For Egypt, God reassures him that he, God, will go down with Yaakov, and God promises that he will bring the Jews out of Egypt in the future. And again, God promises to Yaakov that his progeny will become great. By paralleling the three altiras of the Avos, and the promises associated with them with the three altiras of Moshe, It is almost like God is highlighting that the promises God made to the forefathers are being fulfilled at this point. But let's circle back to Chazal's question. Why was Moshe afraid of Og? Back in Nida 61a, Rav Yochanan quotes Rav Shimon bar Yochai that Moshe feared the merit of Og. What was Og's merit? The merit of telling Avraham that Lot had been captured by the three kings. Where do we know this from? The Talmud quotes a verse from Lech Lecha, Barishit, chapter 14, verse 13. A fugitive came and told Avram the Ivri. Who was this fugitive? The rabbis say it was Og. How did they know the fugitive was Og? First of all, we saw above that immediately after this story, Avram is told, Al Tirah, do not fear. So, we have a textual link between Moshe being told not to fear Og and this story of Avraham saving Lot from the three kings. But there's more. In Bereshit chapter 14, verse 5, we are told the three kings killed a number of nations. One of the nations mentioned is the Rephaim. If you jump back to Deuteronomy chapter 3, when Moshe recounts the confrontation with Og, the Torah has a couple of verses that give us extra information about Og. See verse 11, we are told that Og was the lone survivor of the Rephaim. These are two of the three times the Torah speaks about the Rephaim. The last time is in the Brit Bein Abitarim, the Covenant of the Parts. See Bereshit chapter 15, verse 20. So clearly, calling him the fugitive makes sense because he was the lone survivor of the Rephaim from their battle with the three kings. But instead, Rav Yochanan makes one extra jump. He says that Og was called the Palit, the fugitive, for a different reason. Because he was the sole survivor of the flood who was not inside the ark. The Pirkei Derbe 23, tells a harrowing story of how Og holding onto the ladder of the ark for dear life while Noach was feeding him through a small hole in the ark. As a result, Og pledged fealty to Noach and his children. Let's review what we know and what we don't. There seems to be a textual relationship between Moshe confronting Og and the fulfillment of the promises God made to the forefathers about the Jewish nation's inheritance of the land of Israel. This is highlighted by the triple altira to Moshe and Og, and one by each of the Evot. Og was the lone survivor of the nation of Rephaim, a nation killed by the three kings right before an unnamed fugitive, appears in the text to direct Avraham to save his nephew Lot. Taken together, it seems like Chazal saw Og as an unbiased witness, a witness to the rise of the Jewish people from the very early promises Hashem made to Avraham. Og was a skeptic and ultimately was the final obstacle for the Jews to enter Israel. When the Jews led by Moshe defeated Og, God's promise to Avraham was complete. It closes a loop in Og's story arc. The skeptic was vanquished and the Jews could now finally enter Israel. God's promise was fulfilled. What I'm not sure about is why Rav Yochanan pushed that narrative even further, placing Og in pre-Mabul, antediluvian times as well. And while I'm not sure what Chazal gained by doing this, or what textual proofs they might have, Perhaps it is simply an expanded narrative of Og as witness of God's ultimate plan. A good place to start looking for textual parallels might be the story of the Nephilim and the Bnei Elohim. But there is a less well-known alternative view of Og's backstory, which you can find at the very end of Masechet Sofrim, chapter 21, halach 9. Masechet Sofrim suggests that Og was Eliezer, the servant of Avram. Textually, you can look back to the parallel between Altira by Moshe and Og, and the Altira to Avraham, that Eliezer would not be his sole heir. In both cases, God reassures Avraham and Moshe that they don't need to worry about Og. Perhaps this approach also explains why Moshe feared Og. If he in fact was Eliezer, well, that makes sense. The dependable servant of Avraham who found Yitzchak a wife certainly had many spiritual merits. However, when he opposes the Jewish entrance to Israel, he was denying the promise he heard God made to Avram. At that point, it was incumbent upon Moshe to put him down. This also fits with the Midrash quoted in Rashi chapter 14, verse 14 that when Avram armed his 318 disciples, it was really only Eliezer, whose name in Gematria, the numerical value, is 318. If Eliezer is Og, it makes sense why he is referred to as 318 people, because he was a giant of sorts, literally like an army of one. One closing thought. Some Midrashim highlight that Og's name came from the word ugot, or matzah cakes. Chazal suggests that this may be because when Og came to Avraham to tell him about Lot, Avraham was involved in baking matzot for Pesach. For his name to reflect the story of the future Exodus, it appears that the rabbis felt that his destiny was to witness God's grand plan. This is Rabbi Newman signing off. Until next time, have a wonderful day.